Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast. And look, you know what? Uh, a lot of people probably think I don't have friends and you're probably right, but I actually, I do have a few. And here's one of my longest friends of all time. Like, look, I'm bringing on today one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life in and out of the gym. This guy played football at Yale. This guy is involved in product development through a variety of Gatorade products. So we're gonna be talking about performance nutrition, uh, peri workout nutrition, meaning like what to take before, during, and or after your workout. He's also a 41 year old who can still squat 400 plus pounds. He, I think he just recently benched 400 pounds. He plays rugby. Uh, he loves to get his dick grabbed on the weekend for some reason. You gotta see, he's gonna send me one of these photos by the way. But like, honestly, like uh, this guy just gets after. He also comes from a long lineage of big burly men. They have every year what's called the Palin Olympics where the father has retired. I think he just oversees it at this point, but he's got all these brothers who are like 235 plus, 6'2 plus, and they compete in a variety of games. So you have a competitive, adventurous, uh, true fitness pro here that also does know a ton about marketing, business, and works with a variety of NFL, NBA professional athletes as part of what he does with Gatorade. So really excited to have him on today. Before I kick to him, he's behind the scenes right now, wearing a weight vest and playing with this iron neck. Total meathead, by the way. This guy's a total meathead. His name is Drew Palin. We'll introduce him shortly, but quick housekeeping issues. All right. Number one, show sponsors. You get a free seven-day trial to the Daily BJ, TDBJ, the dailybj.com. Link in show notes here. It is the exclusive way to access all my content, past and present, ad free. Everything I have here on YouTube, Uncle Baby's got ads all over it because it is a business. All right. You want to go ad free. You want to get all my content. Check the Daily BJ out link in show notes. Also, the gear, all the gear you see me wear in the video, sleeves sold separately.com, manufactured in downtown LA. This is one of my favorites. The wife lover or husband lover, depending on how you like to do it, tank top, the best fit in fabric in the game. Very soft, really shows off. Again, you know, Drew. Drew didn't have chest hair for a long time. I think Drew developed chest hair at the age of 40. But Uncle Baby, at this tender age, like, it's getting nice and thick. All right? Look at it. I curl it up sometimes. Baby curls. And it shows off the collarbone, arms, shoulders. Again, hoodies, tanks, joggers, you name it, all there. And then finally, the only supplement I take every day, Athletic Greens or AG1. It doubles as a greens powder and daily multivitamin. 75 whole food ingredients and 8 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies and the best tasting one I've had on the markets. Why I use it and take it. You get five free travel packs plus a one-year supply of vitamin D. If you go through my link, Drew Palin, one of my best friends all time here. We went to high school together, played football together. Welcome to the show, baby. Thank you, BJ. Pump, pump to be here. I can. That's that's some big energy right there. Look, what what the hell are you wearing? Uh, this is an amorpho. It's a weighted vest. I just got the same question from uh, from my wife upstairs. So what's what's with the like the the bubbles are those are those little grippers? Yeah, no, you can see these like it uh, it actually like it's really comfortable. It transforms to the body, but you can actually use it anywhere. Um, yeah, so you you do wear it out. Uh yeah, I'll wear it. I'm adding weight, man. I'm just trying to add resistance. So you know you are you are that guy. Like you love to do things the hard way, and I've always loved that about you. Like you're one of the few people, by the way. You know, people ask, like, why do you train alone? Well, because all my best training partners are behind me. 
Drew was one of them in high school. He, Drew and I used to compete on every rep of every set. A lot of injuries yeah, followed, yeah. but we also really pushed each other to like whole new levels. And I had a couple training partners too in college. Shout out to Brian, Cavs, Dolan, and T. Bennett uh, at the Amherst football team. But uh, I mean, Drew was uh, like it almost got to the point where like we we would just like almost hate each other at times because we're so competitive. But again, we we would push each other to a whole new level. Now at this age. Like, you know, it's, it isn't probably good for us to, to be too competitive, but you still, you still like to tap into that, man. Like talk to me, like we're going to get into your origin story, but like competition is a big part of your life. And obviously I think it has to do with your dad, your brothers, yeah. uh, the upbringing, like talk to us about that. Yeah, no, it's a huge part of it. Um, I mean, you hit on it. It's, I think back to those times when we trained, I mean, it, we were so competitive that the form didn't matter. We were trying to push this most weight and like knowing what we know now, I think it's smart we don't compete. I also feel bad for that machine that broke in your uh, your gym. Um, that Australian, oh, remember that thing? That yeah. So those listening, uh, I was sent this thing called the Predator, which is like an upper body erg that is hydro powered. And of course, because Drew, Drew, here's a quick thing he knows about Drew. Drew is the definition of the bull in a china shop. Everything is extra. Like we 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 we, we a couple of years ago, we actually played a pickup game. But that was like one of the best pickup games I ever had. It's at the Pepperdine campus in Malibu. You're on these hills and you see the Pacific Ocean. I mean, like that was an awesome experience. But before we started, I'm like, look, Drew, we're all old, okay? So you got to like dial it back a notch. I can't be getting hurt because then the Daily BJ members won't get their workouts. But, um, you know, but you are, but on the same part, like, you know, you're one of those guys, you, you don't want Drew to guard you. Like you're not, you're more of a football rugby guy. Uh, also you do a lot of water skiing. Anytime I see this guy, like he's risking his life, he's doing white people shit, hanging from bars, climbing, um, you know, and, uh, but you know, you, you are like exactly, no one wants to be guarded by Drew because Drew is going to give you 110% even when it's not necessary, but that's you. No, I, I do recall that predator. So RIP for that. Oh, that's right. You I broke thought. it. You broke it. Of course. Well, I know. I know. I know. I know. But I, I apologize. Uh, I think it's more the machine uh, than user error. I thought I just had a little bit more power to it. But anyways, uh, on the competitive sort of point you made, uh, it's one of the things I think about because every Monday I start with a 5.15 a.m. workout with, well, three of my brothers. And it's the hardest thing of every week because we're all competing for a belt. It looks like a world championship wrestling belt. It doesn't really mean anything. We're not winning any money, but it's pride on the line. And to beat your brothers is something that's really important. We also have other people who compete in the workout who aren't Palin's, but they never have a chance to win it anyway. Um, but it just shows that it's more than a Palin sort of award. So it's fun to really compete with them every Monday to, to have that belt on the line. And it's, it actually goes to one it's not like it goes to one consistently. So it's it's really competitive because it depends. Like if it's a really heavy, I, I have a chance to win. But if it's really cardio tired as well, Ian and Bo are a little bit more balanced. So it depends on, on the workout that they actually prescribe that day. And then we make the strength coach, who's a former Iowa State strength coach, actually award that belt um, to the winner. And he hates awarding it. So it just brings us joy. Did you have a, uh, the belt on hand or does somebody else have it right now? Uh, it's sore subject. Uh, Tyler has it right now. I figured. See, Tyler, uh, you know, again, you know, what's crazy too, because it also is like part of your, it, you're like the LeBron in the group, you know, like you're the old yeah. man in the group right. and yeah. like, you're probably the strongest, but when it comes to things where there's like probably speed or, you know, 
maybe those guys get the edge sometimes. I think it also probably just depends on the day. You know, yeah, you might yeah. just have a bad old man day, you know. Um, but w- w- what are what have you been like? Take us through the Pale in Olympics so they know like this is this yeah. is a family competition that you do annually at the lake in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Uh, what are the events? Yeah, so it's like I, 10 events. I mean, we vote on them like we sort of bicker each year because it's not always consistent because you want to change it up a little bit. But we've also so think I'll give you some of the events that are sort of traditional. So like 225 bench as many reps. Um, like a kettlebell toss, a pro agility, a 40. Um, we've done carpools, but then carpools weren't that interesting. So we did like a, a truck, but a truck wasn't big enough. So then we did like an RV um, and an RV up the hill. Um, we've done like, you know, other things like uh, we'll put in like paddle boarding with like uh, a paddle and then you actually have to like knock the other person off. Like, you know, so we'll change things up. But I want to give some credence to the Pale Olympics because it sounds like it's just a family thing and it's not that competitive. We've thrown in NFL players into the Pale Olympics. Tyler Varga went to Yale. He played for the Colts. He competed in the Pale Olympics. He he plays fourth. Like we have NFL players who are currently NFL players. And I'll send you a picture of Tyler Varga pulling a truck. He's very ripped, but it's it's just we're so competitive. We're not gonna let, you know, someone other than a Palin win this. You know what, man? Like and <clears throat> last couple of weeks or episodes too, like Ozempic keeps coming up. And again, if you need to take it and it helps you, I'm all, I'm all about people getting the result and being healthy and having a great life. But this is kind of what I'm talking about. When there's a physical culture in place, like your brothers, they didn't have a choice, right? No. Because you were going to lead by example and you didn't have a choice because your father was going to lead by example. And also your mom was a, uh, an awesome athlete. Your grandma was playing tennis to almost the day she died in her 90s. Yeah, yeah. Easter. Your sister Holly is one of the best athletes I've ever known. She was a was she a tri sport athlete at Northwestern? Uh well, two two like she played field hockey four years, then walked on the basketball team, got a scholarship, so then basketball and, and field hockey, so two. So this is what I'm saying. Like you know, you guys. I mean, yeah, you might not. The, people think, oh, in shape is shredded. No, shredded is that's a choice. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's not yeah. for everyone and whatever else. But you guys are never going to have weight problems. Because yeah. you guys just the competition again. This was part of the culture in your home growing up as kids. It's baked into it, and I know you're already passing it along to your kids. This is the busy dad over forty one. Um, t- tell us, tell us some of your athletic accomplishments, man. Because again, like I, I believe uh, it was like a four five forty. Like take us through because you won. You would always win the conditioning or testing day at Yale, from what I remember. Right, you were like the elite dog at Yale. Yeah, I'm looking here because we actually. I'm just laughing because I had. Uh... I had like this picture here up in the in the basement that actually had the rewards, but uh, I think I think my April took it down. So, you know, don't feel bad for me here. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, I I don't think I was the most gifted athlete, but I I do pride myself on what you're saying and working really hard, especially in college. And so, in college, I I was like the three time elite dog. So you, what you had to do is you had to go across things like pull ups, dips, squat, power clean bench vertical so like some of the, n- the numbers i'm proud of is like a four five eight forty um bench 395 squatted 500 um i think had a vert of like 36 and so anyways like I, you knew me in, in high school and i you know i i worked hard but i didn't have all those things but i just i, I just never stopped and like yourself and i i sort of mild myself after you that i wasn't going to miss training like anything that could happen fine but i'm not i'm not going to miss this because i didn't put in that work so anything I could do to get better, I did. And um, that diligence just paid off in numbers that I think 
someone who could have had you know more sort of physical talent could have easily achieved those in a greater degree but i i'm proud of, of what i was able to accomplish and then you know since then i've never put uh i've never stopped training since then like i i train the same way i do now i mean obviously age is a little bit different but i did in college like i'm still putting in the time because i'm just addicted to it. it's part of my life it's just it's part of the culture and like it's i think it's like yourself like i I get my workout done first in the morning. I've, you know, I have three kids. I have a busy work life, but like, if I don't get the workout done, my day doesn't feel the same. I just feel like crap. So I'm going to start the day doing that because to me, it's a mandatory. It's not, it's not, it's not a choice. And your so. beautiful wife, April, also a college soccer player at Yale. So again, like, you know, uh, you, you know, you don't have to be with an athletic partner, but obviously like, there's support and accountability baked into this. People don't realize how important that is as you get older, because you know, like you get lazy, you get tired, uh, and then work. This is in college, where like you get to have unlimited uh, food at the at the buffet style cafeteria, and then maybe you go to class, maybe you don't. A couple tests a semester, you know, like this is real life, and it's tough to kind of keep it going. Metabolism slows. Uh, you get stiff. You get tight, and then you want to keep training the exact same way you did when you were young, and your body starts to fight back on you. Yep. Less you keep it going. And that's the thing. Like you just can't stop. And I think Drew yep. is a real, uh, a real example of that. You know, one other thing to mention as well, you know, you've got a, your family is like, a, uh, has a tradition of being a late bloomer. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're like, I remember coaching your, your brother, Ian, uh, yep. who's the tiniest guy on the seventh and eighth grade team, but always was the hardest hitting. And yep. now he's the biggest guy in the family. What, like six, four, two, yeah. 30, two, 40. Yeah. He is. Yeah. So, you know, um, but you were always, uh, and I also remember too, like you used to get, here's a couple of things. One, nothing could compete with high school football because we played at university school, Milwaukee. Um, uh -huh. and we, uh, had, I think maybe the best coach you could ever ask for. And coach Donald 40, uh, just like a maker of men. It wasn't about winning. It was about building character. And, uh, and I think he's, he's had such an impact on a lot of men that have gone on to do a lot of great things in this world. And he had such humor about him. And, but he was that dude, like the, his neck was as thick as his shoulders. You'll see it on Drew right now too. Drew's got that thick pinhead and, um, he was a power lifter. Like he just lived it and it, it would just inspire us like to never feel bad for ourselves and to push if this guy with arthritis and every joint in his body is still like lifting hundreds of pounds. Like what, what, what's our excuse? Look at that right now. Drew's got the iron neck. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned the neck, and I just, you know, I just, I don't know. I just got to take a chance to opportunity to really make sure it's not slacking. So get some get some lateral flexion in. Yeah. By I the mean, way, stay, stay tuned to the end because we're going to actually talk about neck training um, because you know it, it's something that you know Drew has this device, which it's not cheap, but it's something that I, I actually have on my wish list at some point to add to my gym. Um, but again, like. This is a 41 year old who's like doing neck specialization work. He's obviously a different type of cat, ah. but you play rugby, which we'll talk about as well. Because again, like uh, you show me some of these videos, like, you know, sprinting down, getting hit in the ground and just like, I, I sometimes I ache watching it, but it's like, you're still getting after it. And uh, obviously that adds a lot of motivation. You know, those early morning workouts, sometimes like, you know what, I got to get this in. Otherwise I'm going to get my ass kicked out there. Yeah. No, I mean, bro, I, so I'll talk a little bit about rugby, but like there's there's some people out there. So one of them played with my dad. His name is Steve Grambling. So he played with my dad. And this is like the 1980s. 
he's 70 years old and there was a sevens tournament that I played with him last summer. So this was like an old boys sevens, but Grambling is out there with guys who are like, you know, thirties and like, they're just about like just to KO him, but he's out there because, and I asked him why I was like, Steve, like you're getting just killed out there. Why do you continue to play at 70 years old? He goes, it makes me feel alive. And like, I can't argue with that logic. Like there's, probably stupider things he could do than rugby but like i mean this guy would just get just smashed he would get up and and like he would just go again and uh we were in a game there he, he got the ball so he's playing this fly half position and i i told him i was coming around and i sort of anyways i came around I, I scored the winning try with uh no time left but the fact that he's 70 and actually contribute to that play was unbelievable and the two other stories i just heard really quick like briefly when i was just playing rugby in bermuda internationally is like there's a couple like um fathers so it's like a grandfather father and son so there's three generations on the field at one time and the fact that like you could do that like my dream like what i want to get to i know what you're a big lebron fan he wants to play with Bronny, but like if there's never a chance that i could actually play in the same field as my son like it would just bring me so much joy that to me that's what i want to get to um I, my eldest is nine so I, I still i still have some ways that i need to go but you know, nine years, if, if I could see myself out there with them, I mean, it would, it would be a dream. So, well, there's no doubt you can do it. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you too, and I'll give my answer after yours, which did you like better? We both played college. You played obviously at a higher level at Yale than Amherst that I did. Uh, but did you prefer college or high school football? Like all in, like if you had to really just pick which, which, which had the most memories or which, like, are you most nostalgic about it's a tough. It's tough because no, I, 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 life in both both cases. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'll, it brings it actually brings it to rugby. Where I my answer is high school, and the reason I, I rugby brings into this is because in high school you're the same thing. You never left the field, so I don't care if it was defense. Like it doesn't matter like what big program if you're college or NFL. You're you're playing one way, but if you're actually in high school, like the fact that we were on defense, we were on offense, we we're on every special team together, you were doing it, and if I'm playing in a rugby match i'm actually on the field all 80 minutes i mean sometimes you get subbed out but you know a lot of times you're actually playing that whole thing that to me it's more exciting because you're making more of an impact and you're out there um so to me that's what i value i don't know if you feel the same in high school but that that's the difference to me but i was going to say the same thing i think they call the platoon right where like literally yeah. you're in the whole game and, yeah. and there's something different like i only play defense in college i think you were the same or you get some yeah. special teams too yeah. right yeah defense special teams yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, I just – you don't get a feel for the game in the same way. And I played line on both sides, so I just loved dominating the guy across from me on both sides yeah. of the ball. Yeah. Um, there was just something special about it. And, again, like we had like sometimes 15 guys in our team. You yeah. play with 11, like a couple guys get hurt. And, like, yeah, it, it was just like um, – and these are the guys like we literally grew up together, you know, yeah. grade to middle school to high school. Um, so it, it was a special experience. I – I kind of realized in, in, in college that I didn't really like football as much as I liked, you know, uh, training, yeah. or actually, like or like pushing myself in the in the weight room. Um, and then it was just it wasn't the same for me in college. Like I just obviously injuries and stuff like that that just made it even more kind of depressing. But um, didn't have the same relationship with my coach. Like my coach was like my, yeah. our high school coach to me was like a father outside of the home. You know, like I think to a lot of us, uh, and you had an amazing father, also assistant coach. But like, you know, for me, uh, he was just the, he was the the positive enforcement that I wasn't getting at home. Um, 
so that, you know, there's that. And obviously like, you know, these lifetime friends you establish in high school, it's just not the same. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I agree with you, but it's also like, uh, no, I mean, I mean, to make that point though, even clearer, it's like, if you, I mean, people often dream and then, anyway, skater, we had this thing called replay where like, you basically had these high schoolers who, who like, they couldn't have their state championship because of extenuating circumstances. So we actually like 15 years later, we brought the teams back so they could play, but like the, like the dream that I think you have, or I would have is like, could you just have one more game? If I had one more game, I would want that game to be that high school game than it would be to a college game. Cause it, I mean, there's, there's nothing better. So I'll say this to the last high school game we played together. And again, this is typically how in Wisconsin, our season would end. We, you know, we, we do the best we could, you know, and we won conference um, or no, actually we lost to Burlington um, that year, but we were, we were in the conference championship race made the playoffs, and then we end up going up north and play these big-ass farm boys. And, again, they hate they hated us because we were like this uh, college preparatory school. They thought we were all rich kids, and they just loved to kick our ass. And I think we lost, like, 52 to 6, but Drew had, like, 24 tackles. Like, we were getting our ass blown off the field, like, from the first quarter. Like, the first snap, the, guy, the running back went 72-yard touchdown, and we knew we were in trouble. And they just dominated us every play. But Drew had like 24 tackles, uh, I think five late hits. You were you were a late hit specialist. You like to you like to hit people about three sick three seconds after the whistle. That was like your call, calling card. The, the reality is like I mean this is where I argue with people, but like there's an echo of a whistle. Like <laughs> it's it's not like just when you hear it. You know there's a there's a little time in between when it starts, and then you you have until the end of the echo. I mean, that's, that's fair enough to me, but you would also like <laughs> to be real about it. You would oftentimes like pick the smallest kid on the team. <laughs> Remember that time you took out that one kid. I was at Wayland Academy. I was Wayland, but I actually, so yes, I, I don't like, I don't think that was the best case where it was an onside and we were up. I mean, I think it's still like a hustle play. Cause I was making sure that we were going to get the onside kick, but I have seen onside formations now where people actually KO the other team. Um, so that, their receivers can get the ball. I mean, football, as we know, it's it's very different than it, it was when we played. It's different now. It it is. It is. Yeah. I I mean, I I, I can't imagine what it would be like now. Cause again, we used to we would only do like one like dress rehearsal or light practice a week the day before the game, but we were hitting yeah. we were hitting the whole week. Um, I mean, it was it was a lot of hitting, you know, but yeah, you don't know. You know, all you can do is just try to get better from generation to generation. Yeah, you don't know. And I think it's one of those things now, and there's still so much different science out there, but it's it may not actually be the concussions. It actually may be the sub-concussive event. So it may be the the repeated hitting. You know, it's it's interesting because like the time started to change because my brother, Bo, went to Yale after me. And the time he was at Yale, Dartmouth was the first team to actually not do any hitting in practice because they brought these robots. Uh so their coach actually had these robots. So, anyways, like the amount it's changed. Uh Anyways, they're changing based to your point. They're trying to be better, and I'm not opposed to the changing, but I think it's it's changing really fast. It is, yeah. No, and that that's also that's part of the neck training you do because a, a strong neck, which we'll talk yeah. about towards the end of the episode here, really can again nothing can prevent um, everything, right? But it can go a long way to preventing the brain from shaking too much in the head <laughs> when you've got a thick neck that just like eats yeah. it, right? Um, so before we get into basically your role at Gatorade and uh, You've got, I mean, some of my, you've been a part of some of my favorite products, uh, you know, the G zero line. Um, I know you don't necessarily do direct work with, there you go right there. Um, 
I'm drinking all day. I, I wish I could do more G zero, but I've got Invisalign during the day. So I got this, I can't have anything with dye, but, um, I mean the, my two go-to drinks and also like, uh, there's been a couple additional products, uh, that we're going to be talking about as well, but I, you're a big basketball fan. You're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Uh, I know I'm a trader because I'm a Lakers fan, even though I'm from Milwaukee. Um, what'd you think about the in season tournament? Did, did Gatorade have a presence there? Um, we have a presence with most of the teams. We have an NBA relationship as well as with uh, the Bucks and, and and other teams like the Pacers. But uh, I watched it. I mean, I was hoping that we were going to have a uh, Lakers Bucks showdown. I thought that's what it was like meant to be. But I mean, Pacers Halberton, like he's actually a Milwaukee guy, so I, I can't throw too much shade at him. But he he took over the game. I mean, I know he played well against Lakers, but not the same way he dismantled the Bucks. But I love the in season tournament. It made the games really exciting. I'm all for it. I love your idea of the the sixth seed as another sort of prizing element to make it more competitive. So I'm all for it, but I just wish the Bucs would have uh, done better. But I think they're going to punish the Bulls tonight because of what happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, look, the Bucs, Drew Holiday was the real deal. Like, you, you don't have that guy now harassing your, the, you know, the key player up and down the floor. That takes its toll over the course of the game. The Bucs will adjust. I think the Bucs are going to be um, – if, if not the final four in the playoffs, you know, I, I think this could set up to be a Lakers uh, Bucks final. It could also be a Denver Celtics final. It could also be a 76ers, frankly, Suns final. Like, you know, like you just don't know, but there, there's some true powerhouses in, you know, Giannis is a generational talent, uh, but his weakness is obviously free throws in the fourth quarter with Dame. Dame's going to come around. Don't worry about Dame. Like I, I've seen Dame, be the most clutch of clutch players, um, and they just got to find the defense piece. That that's where the Lakers are just a little bit different, man. They have they have some elite uh, wing defenders that have wingspans that are seven plus feet, and they can just like get they can get these guys in five minute sprints at a time. So, um, but obviously not as good as shooting. So it's going to be interesting. But I felt like you know like what it is missing because again, here's what happens: if Indiana had won, everyone would have been like, "This is great." But because the Lakers won, and everybody who isn't a Lakers fan hates the Lakers because they have the most championships tied with Boston, and they have, you know, it's the L.A., it's the spotlight bullshit. But, um, you know, now it's kind of being de uh, delegitimized. But if you know you get a guaranteed, like, I think some people could say, well, it should only be a plan. But no, no, if you win this, like, if it really is a big deal and you won this, you should have a guaranteed playoff spot at six seed. Now, if you did really well, you could go five, four, three, two, one seed. Um, but if you win this, you should have a guaranteed spot. And what that could do for a team the rest of the season in terms of keeping guys healthy and just making smarter decisions, um, I don't know, I feel like that would make – as competitive as this was, I feel like that takes this to a level where, like, uh, you know, people will – like, no one's going to say this is this doesn't mean anything. I agree. I think they want to up the pricing dollars too. I mean, I, was, I, mean, I know they're playing with a lot of things, but I think they're trying to maybe – they may probably up it to a million dollars per player next year, I bet, too. And, you know, you were a running back, and, uh, you know, you kind of – when I see LeBron going up and down the floor like Marshawn Lynch right now, like to total fullback mode. Like yeah. not, not as fast, can't jump as high, but, like, he's just a bowling ball. Like you you kind of run the same way. So I know you're a Bucks fan, but you got to appreciate what he's doing at 39. No, I appreciate it. It goes back to the comment I made before. I would love to see him play with his son if that's ever a possibility. I think there's something that could be so special about that. And I think it's like Luka Doncic, I think he's another guy. I'm not saying I love him, but he uses his body pretty well. Um, that I could, you know, 
having that and that strength out there, I think that it helps. It matters. Who's your favorite player in the league right now? Is uh, an obvious answer would be Giannis. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't go away from from Giannis. He's special, man. Yeah. Generational talent. That's why again, I, I think the Bucks. You know, they got a new coach too. They'll, they'll work their way out. They'll work their way out again. They, they just can't. They just can't find their way to Miami. Miami is just like the Bucks script tonight. No, I, I I don't disagree, but I do like uh, Giannis's brother. Uh, the, what's his Thanasis? Um, he's fun to watch too. He only gets a couple minutes, but he's fun. That's good. You know, you got, you got the brotherly love on, on on the staff. Keep you know, keep the accountability, keep the fun. Um, well, we had like the Lopez brothers. We had the Giannis brothers. So yeah. Anyways, it's kind of cool. Well, th that's where I'm like, man, the Bucks are tough because you got two seven footers. You can rotate, even though Brooke is the better yeah. overall player. Um, no, you guys are going to be tough. You guys are going to be real tough. Um, so talk to me about like your time at Gatorade, kind of how it started, how it's evolved and, you know, what, what you've been a part of along the way, because, you know, all of us growing up, uh, men of this certain age, like we grew up, be like Mike, we all want, we were all drinking Gatorade and those original green sports bottles. Um, yep. you got, you got one right there. Like it's, it, what, a, what a brand, what, what a, I mean, always some of the best marketing campaigns, you know, um, and obviously like for those unaware, it's through PepsiCo. So like, you know, you guys have the biggest market share when it comes to the sports drink uh, space. Um, so talk to me about it. This is, it's so cool to see you in this role because, like, this this is such a good, uh, you know, use of, like, your meathead, you know, personality with your business acumen. You know what I mean? It's, 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 I'm happy for you, man. It's a real awesome role. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been an honor to be part of this brand. So I've, I've worked at Gatorade, like, 12-plus years. Um, I went to business school at Kellogg, so it, you know, from there, I've actually been at Gatorade that 12 years. But for me, if I think it's some of the most memorable things that I've done is in 2014, uh, we visited uh, CBF. So that's the Brazil national team. And so the Brazil national team was about to host the World Cup. And what they asked us is, how can we help them win the World Cup? And so what we actually did is, for those who don't know, Gatorade owns the Gatorade Sports Science Institute. So these are the sports scientists that we work with. So we worked with all the sports scientists. We actually sweat tested the Brazil national team. So we went there to their national training center, sweat tested them. And for those who are familiar with Brazil, there's like different temperature, different environments in that country. So what's interesting is like when you sweat test the players, they all have unique sort of sweat rates and sweat sodium compositions. But those are also going to change if you're in Teresopolis versus if you're in Manaus or other places in that country or, you know, Rio. And so what we actually did is we made GX bottles and we made um, specific pods, so like Gatorade pods by player, by formulation, depending on that sweat testing. And so based on that, like, to me, we've always taken that and we've had an effect on that team. But like, we now have like stainless GX bottles where, you know, these can take pods. We have uh, jugs now, you know, this jug here where you can actually pierce 64 ounces. You can pierce two pods here. And uh, the other thing we've done is we want to democratize sports science. And so uh, we have sweat patches available. So you're actually, instead of going and having a sports scientist, you can actually put this on your forearm and test your sweat rate and sweat and sodium composition. So for me, it's it's been like a, a really great trip because it's it's started so much innovation. And all that innovation is based on like what we're seeing working with teams. And so to me, that was a really memorable experience, memorable experience. The other thing is to say is like, to me, I love, and you mentioned this, but it's like, if I can get insights from whether it's visiting NFL teams or college teams or other teams, like, 
I love seeing what's happening in sports science and then seeing how what they're doing from a sports nutrition standpoint and what I can learn and what we can apply and, and use that for future innovation. So I love it, man. Again, you and you've been around too, because you know, Gatorade has done they've really diversified the product line and they've taken a lot of consumer feedback, right? So they developed like G2, which was a, a lower sugar version. Mm -hmm. Uh my favorite one recently was Gator Light, which has a little bit of carbohydrate, but an extra surge of the four or five key electrolytes. The first summer in the desert here, man, I got like, I, I actually got heat exhaustion. I was in trouble like uh, by the end of the summer because I pushed it too hard and I didn't take dehydration too seriously. And the next summer when I started using Gator Light after, especially workouts that were longer than 20 minutes, because it's like 120. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, in, in 20 minutes, I can sweat more than I would an hour and a half plus in other places. But there was just something about that where I wasn't cramping up as much. Um, great taste. I mean, Gatorade, like that's what everybody knows Gatorade for. It always tastes the best when you need it the most. Um, but uh, to, to, and then there's obviously Propel, which is kind of like a, you know, general fitness, uh, you know, maybe for people just doing like a shorter workout. Like so you guys really like have done a good job of you know, matching the carbohydrate content and the electrolyte content, uh, you know, for the activity or, or for the actual demographic you're marketing to. I mean, that's, but this stuff takes a long time. Like you can't just launch this stuff. I mean, there's been things that take what, three to five years in terms of the life cycle of getting these to market. Yeah, no, innovation can take a long time. It takes a long time to get right. Um, especially from a flavor profile, ingredients, all those things, food regulatory. But I mean, I think you mentioned like one of the insights we've had is that, like you're, you're not just an athlete when you're working out at that time, like you're an athlete 24 seven. So how can we have a portfolio that supports you in any activity you do and throughout the day? And so like two, I mean, these are two of my favorite ones. These are tablets. I know you can't take them, but the, the G zero watermelon and the G zero lemon lime tablets are like two of my favorite new products we came out with this year. Um, but also you mentioned Gator light and Gator lights, one of my favorite products, because that's like the most hydrating product we have because it has enough carbohydrates to actually advance you know uh, absorption so you're actually getting that absorption you need but it also has all the electrolytes you need um and some so like that combination is like perfect it's actually like really optimal but to me sometimes in rugby or others um it's not too late in the day i love mixing a gator light and a fast switch so a fast switch is the new energy drink we have which is 200 milligrams of caffeine um so for me that's like top end amount of caffeine i want i mean people are different you're probably not that sensitive to caffeine are you no, I mean like I uh, what I what I do now is because I used to I was I was on the, the pre workout wagon back in the day where I would like you know you get to the end of the day and and I actually I do my any hard training it's always in the afternoon or it's like it's my reward after I finish my work um, and then I would take the pre workout but I just couldn't get to bed so I have like a 10 p.m. cutoff time but the 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 fast switch that would work for me like you know maybe a day I don't want to make coffee and I would hit it before. Uh, you know, a morning workout or that type of thing. Um, and, and 200 again, like, you know, uh, th th that's a reasonable amount that, you know, that's essentially what two cups of coffee, but when you're going like 300, 400, like, you know, this, that's kind of an irresponsible amount of caffeine, unless you're like the size of shack. Yeah. That's actually interesting. Cause it's like, we've looked at the science of it and you want to, it's similar to protein in a sense that it's like by body weight. So if you are shack or if you are like the beast, if you're 400 pounds, 400 probably is about right. But 200 for most people, um, to your point, is the right is the right piece. And I, I've been experimenting a little bit, like in a pre workout, where like the fast switch powder we have is different than the RTD. But then the fast switch powder has beta alanine, 
Baden-Allen has science behind it. There's also science coming on L-citrulline, um, as well as, uh, you know, mixed with creatine and, um, and sometimes the sodium bicarbonate. So let's, let's talk about that. Cause obviously, you know, the, the, one of the top five best supplements, safest supplements out there. Right. And I want you to explain to me like how you guys have put these into your products. Obviously there's supplemental protein, you know, it's not necessary, but a lot of people have trouble getting their protein requirements through food and they're busy. Right. Then we've got creatine, one of the most researched compounds, very important for very short bursts, like 10 to 20 seconds or less, not really helpful to people that just walk or do, you know, more aerobic style of exercise. Um, but strength power athletes, people looking for that edge in, in the weight room, it can really help, uh, maybe squeeze out a couple extra reps. Um, caffeine, focus, energy. It can also, in some cases can backfire for some people based on the activity, right? Like if you're trying to do a bunch of stretching and relaxation, Caffeine would be the exact opposite of what you want. But if you're trying to go in and go with a really fast twitch fiber experience, um, you know, really push yourself to the limit, you know, caffeine can give you that edge. Maybe a possibly, obviously, increased focus. I don't know the exact percentage, but, you know, I feel like caffeine and the right amount at the right time, especially if you cycle and you don't abuse it and you maybe like you, you kind of taper off a bit, then you hit it hard for a big competition, it can give you like a 10% edge, you know. Um, and then beta alanine is basically like a creatine for longer duration activity. It helps buffer acidosis and helps you kind of work harder for longer. And then you said uh, L-citrulline, which actually I know I've seen it in stuff, but like tell us about that and tell us about uh, how you guys have taken these <laughs> supplements and diversified it across the product line because it's not easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I would say L-citrulline a little bit, it's emerging, but it's it's a nitrate, right? So it's like, it's blood flow. You know, if you think about sort of what that's happening. And then the other one, is sodium bicarbonate, which if you think of that is more like, it's probably better for like an endurance, but what you're doing is you're making sure that your body is not, you know, producing as much lactic acid or, or slowing that process down. Um, so for us, like, I mean, you asked the question, I mean, we're looking at what's actually happening, you know, what can we sort of measure in the lab, but what also can we measure in the field and what's causal and what's actually, you know, doing that. And you named just a list of things that that I would say are the are the ones you go after. There's that there's actually people think there's so many different supplements and things to go after. But when you look at actually what's proven, like there's a, one of the interesting resources, and I can send you a link after this, you could put it in your notes, but like the Australian Institute for Sports, they have like A, B, C, D. They look at sort of like sports nutrition supplements and they look at what's actually proven and what's not. And the ones you listed are the ones that are going to be in that group A, which is you know, causal science, which is protein, creatine, beta alanine, sodium bicarbonate, L-citrulline, maybe two degrees. But it's outside of those, like in terms of the supplement space, it's not saying it doesn't work, but there there's not a lot of science. And then the creatine one, I think it's really interesting because there's uh there's these, we don't make them, but there's these um creatine gummies called Swoli. I love the name. Uh, I have them, I own them, I think a great product, but I actually give them to my son because I don't think he has enough protein. And I also want him to have the creatine because it not only has an effect on short bursts, but also for cognitive brain function. Interesting. So, and then uh, L-citrulline, um, so it's kind of like a nitric oxide thing where you get a little more yeah. pump. That's what, I, yeah, that's what L-citrulline is doing. Yep. And then sodium bicarbonate is just, what are you thinking of when you put that into a product? Uh, we're not putting it in a product. It's it's one of those that it gives a lot of GI distress. There's products that are out there now that are actually like I'm keeping an eye on it because it's like 
basically the product that's out there now is it's a slow release because sodium bicarbonate works from a sports science standpoint, but it gives GI issues. So they're working on a slower release of it that actually, um, and there's a, there's another company now that's actually producing like these little sodium bicarbonate pills that they use in CrossFit. If you think of CrossFit and trying not to get exhausted, like that's the point for it. But I, I think if we can figure it out, I think to me, there, there could be an area for sodium bicarbonate for our products in the future. We just, we don't want to give the GI distress at the, at the moment. So, oh, yeah, no, again, you guys are impacting millions <laughs> of people with the products. You got to really, you got to really put them through the, the rigors of testing and analysis. So sodium bicarbonate is really just about boosting endurance stamina. That's kind of the thought process. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. So uh, what are some, like, what are some things you're, you're, you're looking at for the future or working on now? Uh, that obviously that you can share. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take the confidential secrets, you know, cause we got, I don't want power aid or body armor ah. getting in the way here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, I think it goes back to, I mean, I mentioned a lot of the sort of different greens that have sports science behind it, but one of the insights we have is every athlete's unique. So we go back to the sweat testing and it's going to be different by athlete. So personalization. So for, for us, how can we deliver personalization from like an equipment standpoint? When I think about it, you know, can you write your name on the ID ring? Sure. But we're bringing sort of technology online, you know, early next year that you could actually upload your logo. So let's say you, you wanted to upload your own logo. You wanted to put, uh, what is that? The Gorilla Corn on here. So let's say, you know, you want to put a Gorilla Corn on the bottle and do a different pattern colorway. You could do that. Um, so that's one way. It's like self-expression on equipment. But then the other piece is like, could we actually, we talked about those different ingredients, but is there a world where we could actually, you know, BJ, you could make your own formula. So based on what you're looking for, and let's say, you know, it could be a G0, but maybe it's a G0 without a color. And maybe it has some of these other sports science ingredients that you want um that you want to deliver so to me i think that's what we want to do in the future because you know maybe it's you putting in only 100 milligrams of caffeine or 50 or you know because your body weight you actually want to put in more protein whatever it is like but to me i think that's where we're going which is exciting that is man like i get a vision like of at any like competition or, or sport facility or field or court and you know like the freestyle sodas uh, machine at five guys like you literally have like, it could be Propel, it could be G2, it could be G0, it could be normal Gatorade, it could be Gator Lights, and then you can like mix up. I love to mix flavors too, but then you can drop in the supplement. Like th obviously th this is going to take a, a lot of time, but I mean that's some as a, as someone who's been using Gatorade for 41 years, um, that's really exciting stuff. Well, I mean to add to that too, it's um. There's also technology that we're working on to actually so imagine you can do all that but you could you know order it in an app before you get to that let's say vending option but you could also scan your face and based on that scan in your face that could tell you your hydration level because we're working on unlocking non-invasive hydration through a face scan but you could also look at heart rate variability and um, heart rate and those other things so imagine what you actually get it could be in a gummy it could be in a powder or other formats could be actually based on what's happening in your body to then bring it. Cause you know, we could, let's say whatever's happening that day, you could actually be more stressed. So you actually don't want to take on caffeine or do a hard workout. So that delivery of what we're delivering there could be different than, you know, if you weren't stressed. So um, anyways, there's a ton of opportunity. It's not only based on what you think we can also help you decide what's right based on a diagnostic, which could be cool too. Yeah, dude, that's exciting stuff. What, what's your, uh, 
favorite flavor. I mean, by the way, you can give it like multiples in the sense of like your normal Gatorade flavor, your G zero flavor. Yeah. Uh, I'll give my Propel, Black Cherry Propel, man. I don't, you guys, do you guys put crack in this? It's good. Wow. Uh, so from a fast food standpoint, it's uh, I'm sort of waffling between a strawberry, watermelon, and a mango. Uh, this this G zero watermelon. Anyway, I, I encourage anyone to try it. I think it's off the chart um, in terms of flavor standpoint, but there's so many different to pick from um, that I keep going on, but those would be my top two. And then you you personally developed and taste tested. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite G0s is the white, which is uh, Arctic Cherry. What's, what's it called? Uh, well, we have Glacier Freeze. Yes. The, but the white one... Uh, the white G zero, because that's the one I can have sometimes. It's not too dark. And by the way, like I'm, I'm going to actually check out the tablets because I I can just take them out quick and drink it and put them back in. But obviously during the workout I don't take them out because it basically is like a mouth guard for me. But um, you know, uh, I mean I I just can't get enough. If anything, it's like I got I gotta like I gotta not be drinking so many. But it's, it is what it is. Hey, we uh, appreciate it. I love to hydrate. Uh, let's actually just go through like what are the what does Gatorade recommend generally as like I want to talk hydration then I want to talk about like workout or sports nutrition around the workout let's start with hydration like what are the the guidelines or gold standards that you guys like to proliferate yeah so I mean it goes back to um you know no, like you don't want to be more than two percent dehydrated because like past two percent dehydration you're going to have a decrease in performance and so really it comes down to measuring either in a pre let's say like you could weigh in pre or post training or activity or you know you're able to wear sweat patch you know your sweat rate um so like i would say the most important thing is a weigh in weigh out can be really easy um and then you can actually measure your sweat rate from there or uh what you can actually do is use a sweat patch to actually calculate both sodium concentration and the sweat rate so you don't need to replace 100 percent of what you're losing but if you think about it, you have to replace enough so you're not coming at that 2% uh, dehydration sort of part. So it also depends. So like it depends. Like if you're if you're a workout that's like under 60 minutes, um, that's not in Palm Springs and not super hot, like the focus doesn't need to be as much as if you're training for multiple hours uh, when it really comes into play because any sort of degradation keeps adding up. I mean, that's really the whole thing with all this, right? You want to always stay – ahead of the curve and you want to avoid i mean i'll never forget like some of those lebron games um against the spurs where they turned up the heat in the building and he basically like in the fourth quarter they were up a couple possessions and then he gets these cramps and basically he shut down the rest of the game um and obviously like once those cramps start to happen too because I, I i've done these like full day shoots and you, typically about midday is when like even if i'm you know doing hydration and the electrolytes like at some point with extreme exercise and extreme volume um it just starts happening but once it starts happening it's almost impossible to get out of it like you know what i mean like you almost have to wait to the next day yeah no i, I mean that's what happened because well that's true but also a lot of what happens we find with athletes you do a lot of teams will do urine specific gravity looking at their hydration levels when they come in but they're often dehydrated when they come in so if you're dehydrated when you come in it's a tough to sort of compete, but like you're one who I know you well enough that you both thing you have is like, and athletes who are really in shape, they have high sweat rates because they're sort of conditioned. So it's a great thing, but you're losing so much, but you have, you both have a high sweat rate and I know you're a salty sweater. 
So that's two things going against you because not only do you have to replace a lot of fluid, but you also have to replace a lot of electrolytes. And sometimes, you know, if you're working in like a, a session like that, you're going all day, it's, and you're losing, I don't know, let's say, I mean, you're a guy, you could be losing 60 plus ounces an hour. Like it's just hard to take all that back in. It is. Yeah, no. And that's why you have to really, uh, like, you know, part of, I think what's, what's, what has helped, um, especially right now, cause we have a pool that we don't heat. So it's cold. And then I have a daily, I got my first private starter sauna at home. It's like a phone booth, 350 bucks, man, but it, it steams up. And so that, that's one thing again, at this age too, you know, I like to do the easy things where I can, right? So I, just just adding in daily uh, thermal regulation, both in hot and cold. Um, so yeah, I, actually my, my sweating ability is has never been better, which is good because your body can cool itself. But at the same time too, it means that you've got to now put an even higher priority, priority on replacement. Right. Yeah, for sure. W what about, um, and then, you know, the typical thing recommended is like one to two cups of you know, water for every 15 to 20 minutes of activity. But like, talk to us. I mean, the, the main electrolyte people think about is sodium. Um, there's four to five that I see that seem to be the key, the key mix, right? So talk to us about the electrolyte piece. Cause you know, some people like to just supplement with just electrolyte mixes. Um, and that's why I also like that the Gator light name. Cause again, you also identified, okay, we got to give some options for just a, a bigger dose of these for certain situations. Yeah, I mean, think of like the hyperhydration. So Gatorade is a product like magnesium, potassium, sodium, like those are the main ones. But um, so it is the mix. Sodium by far is the most important. But like if you're in a world where you're depleting so many electrolytes, it's only going to be beneficial to have um, some of the others. But there is like mixed sort of pieces on, like I think it really goes down to knowing yourself. Like if you really are a salty sweater, you really got to be cognizant of electrolytes. But if you're not, I think some companies are sort of pushing that too far now. Um, but it, I think it all comes down to knowing yourself and knowing where you react to best. So well, for sure. You know, again, I think part of the, you know, th there's always a good and a bad with awareness of things. And obviously, you know, in the nineties in particular, in terms of how I remember it, like the, the real enemies were like fat and salt. And I think a lot of people maybe don't realize, again, this is the most important electrolyte in your body. Like if you're, you're lacking salt on a daily basis and you want to be doing big things with your body it's going to be tough um so people are almost like scared of salt we've been like conditioned to be scared of salt and again people that have medical issues we're not talking about you you got to listen to your your doctor but uh like do you deal with that a lot in terms of like like salt phobia and like getting people to understand like this not if you're a healthy individual and you're very active and you sweat a lot especially if you're a salty sweater. And by the way, the way to find out is just have, if you have a dog, what happens when you come back to the gym? They're licking you like crazy. They love you. You're like a salt, salt popsicle. Yeah, no, I mean, that's right. I mean, there's, but there's also misnomers. I mean, I'd also take sugar as one. So it's like, if you're playing basketball and you want to be the best basketball player you are, like, don't be afraid of sugar. Like, we're not telling you like when you're on the couch to drink, you know, that, that sort of that product. But like, if you're looking to actually maximize your performance in something that's like two hours and you're going, you know, you need 30, 60 grams of, of carbohydrates. So I would say that for sugar, but then also for sodium, like, yes, in like a non-athletic state, but if you're losing so much sodium, your body's going to need to replace that. Because if you look at what happens, you know, if you only replace water, um, your body can get out of whack, you know, in that way too. So it, it all, it all comes down to the person in the context.
And that's what's important too, is you got to experiment, you know, with, with more like regular workouts and routines and then lock in a formula for yourself that you just do in every competition or high stakes environment, right? You never want to play around with this, you know, um, for the first time before a big competition. Like you got to know how your body reacts to X amount of caffeine. You know, like sometimes I got to, like if I'm going to a business meeting where I'm meeting someone new, too much caffeine could be a problem, right? I might, but my energy might put them off. You have to know how you respond to these things through trial and error, just like in the work in the gym. You know, you don't know how you're going to respond to certain styles of exercise unless you try. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the sugar thing because, again, you know, where people get in trouble with sports drinks, it, it's like their beverage of choice and they work at a desk and they don't do any activities, right? And that that's where, like, okay, you shouldn't be drinking regular Gatorade if you don't exercise. And if people think about it, one hour of hard exercise, most people might like metabolize, you know, maybe it could be anywhere from 50 to 100 grams of glycogen, the stored sugar in your muscles based on body size, intensity, all that, right? Which would be, you know, uh, potentially one or two regular Gatorades. You're playing two or three hours of pickup basketball. And honestly, like one of the mistakes I've made in the past, because I got really afraid of sugar because I was a fat kid and I thought it was because all the bread and the sodas and the sports drinks, um, I probably should have been having regular Gatorade when I'm doing these all day shoots because I'm just going through so much sugar. Again, sugar you use at high intensities. So if you're doing a lot of high intensity exercise, you do need to replace the sugar. Um, but on a day where you're not very active, you know, maybe that's when you choose a G2 or a Propel or a G0 where, again, there's no need to replace the sugar, but you still want to get the electrolytes in. Yep, that's right. So that, that's definitely one thing to consider. But again, like we, I know we used to do this as, as, as teens too. We would just like Gatorade was my beverage of choice, you know, like, which is great, but I was doing too much sitting on the couch, not enough conditioning, you know? So again, you just got to understand nothing's bad as long as it's natural. It's just about dosing activity level, all these things. Um, so, and, and really the biggest thing too is, People will just not drink enough regular water. The enhanced taste of the Gatorade product line uh, really does help guarantee uh, less dehydration, better performances. Again, you, you do enjoy the taste. And taste is, uh, you know, water just doesn't taste as good uh, sometimes when you're dehydrated. So, again, still drink water. Um, but I've, I've heard many people say, too, like, even throw a pinch of salt in it if you need to, just because you'll get better absorption. Yeah, I know it's interesting, like, the, the taste thing, but it's like, if you drink a Gator Light and you drink that, which has high sodium, like when you're inactive versus when you're active, like see how much better it tastes when you're active because your body knows it needs it at that point. So exactly. Also a signal. So, and again, it's also helping with absorption. You know, people uh, that a lot of st that start hydrating, like they want to get into it. Like a lot of people will start drinking a lot of water for the new year, a new year resolution. Right. But if it's in particular, if it's like not good water, and it has no salt to it or, or minerals in it, you'll literally just be pissing it out. Um, so the electrolytes do help you absorb the water. Um, you know, so that's just something to consider as well. Let's talk, um, the term is peri-workout nutrition. That means pre, mid, post. Uh, you know, what are, what are right now the gold standards? And I know it depends on the activity, right? Um, but what, what, are, what, what are you guys you know, what are your thoughts with regards to like, what is good peri-workout nutrition? I know you guys have now added some protein to some of the products, um, and or amino acids, I believe, but, um, you know, 
take me through that because again this this is your space yeah i know i mean i, I think i'd be <laughs> context dependent as well but like generally if we're thinking of doing like a lifting workout go back to the, like the product fast switch so the fast switch the powder you know it's going to have the caffeine it's going to have beta alanine so like some ingredients that are really going to help in a in a pre standpoint pre slash like right right during during really depends on the length of the workout and we we talked about hydration so i don't think we need to drain that one and then post um i, I would sort of combine post and all day so you think about like creatine that's like an all-day thing could it, it could be you could put it in your pre you could put in your post doesn't matter it just needs to be during the day um and then proteins the same way where like i often like to get it right after the workout but you, your body actually has a little bit longer window than you may think to be able to do that but i think what people don't do with protein enough is they often don't take enough and so it's like you might as well take the chances when you can and your body can absorb it to really hit that goal towards your body weight there so um that's in a nutshell and then again you know the protein is is, is a funny thing right because you know i, I remember too like when I first started reading all the muscle mags or like, you know, the dark webs of the internet back in the day, early 2000s, uh, a lot of like these hardcore bodybuilders are like, you got to have it during the workout because it actually helps minimize muscle breakdown uh, while you're breaking down the muscle. Um, but, you know, ultimately uh, in terms of timing, I think what the research has shown, like it really only, only matters for like Olympian slash world-class athletes that are trying to get like, they're on the, the smallest of margins of improvement that can make a difference, like a tenth of a second, uh, you know, in, in a sprint, right? Or a, an inch in a shot put, right? Um, for the average person, it's just about daily intake mainly, right? Um, and, and, you know, also like the type of protein, right? Whey is going to absorb the fastest. Casein is known for being very slow. Uh, a lot of people position it like whey is like the uh, anabolic protein and, and casein is like the, the anti-catabolic, meaning it's more about preventing muscle breakdown or catabolism. But, um, you know, sometimes people like to have a good mix of the two. Yeah. People call casein the, the nighttime protein before bed, uh, weigh the breakfast protein. So, you know, but some people can't handle dairy. So you got to go plant. So that's, that's why, like, um, do you guys have any stuff right now with just like pure amino acids where there isn't a, a dairy issue for people or, or is that not? Uh, we have, I mean, we have evolve, which is a plant-based protein. So we, we do, we do have that. Um, and then we do have like some muscle milk aminos. Um, but no, I'm tracking to what you're saying in terms of like not needing it during the workout. Casein's interesting as well, where like to your point at nighttime, like you could take a bolus of like 40 grams because um, your body, because it's slower releasing proteins, so your body can actually take that in over the night really well. So um, there's one of my favorite like muscle milk products was uh, I actually took it last night. It's like Sleeping Giant, but it's a casein product. But also has like melatonin and other things so like it actually like what i do is i make it in like a cup like this it's like a hot chocolate so I, it's almost like a hot mm -hmm. chocolate um protein before bed that has the right amount of casein and and helps you go to sleep as well there's also it's, it's funny it has tryptophan in it which is the same thing you, you get tired of when you uh eat a lot of turkey oh yeah that well that just happened to all of us last month um but yeah that's one thing to know too again i, I i'll get questions on this it's common like again it's you're not an idiot if you have to ask it because, you know, we've been conditioned to like think doing anything before bed is bad for you. Um, the thing about taking something like casein before bed, like having a big burger and fries before bed is bad for you because it's going to be so hard to digest. You're probably going to get acid reflux and you're going to get horizontal. Bad scenario. Now, something like a powder, 
um, is very easy to digest, even though it's slow digesting. It's giving you a steady supply of amino acids over the course of the night. And again, obviously, uh, I've never been affected by sleep having protein only before bed. It's 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 really like a protein, fat, carb bomb before bed is what can really throw people off. Uh, and especially if it's, it's, it's heavy, solid food that just is tough to digest. Just something to note for those listening, because again, people will think it's like the worst thing in the world. I'm getting fat because I have a scoop of protein before bed. That's not the problem. So let me ask you this. What, you know, you're a busy dad. Obviously you work out first in the morning. We see the home gym. Like we got, you got everything in there. You got dumbbells. You got, I mean, the guy's got a neck training device. Okay. Uh, you got a, a power rack, I think behind camera, right? Um, what, what tips do you have for the busy dad? Like, you know, to, to, to find a way to kind of keep fitting it in. And again, obviously you, you pushed it to the limit. Not everybody can or wants to, but what are some general tips that, that come to mind in terms of like how you've been able to, um, you know, stay, stay the course. And I, I'm sure the kids themselves uh, really provide the motivation too. Yeah. I think it's little things. It's like, uh, you know, it's just like, I mean, you're going to have things come up. So you mentioned, I like to do it first thing in the morning because you can control that. Cause like, after that happens, like the day can become chaos because there can be all these surprises. But like if it's five or six, there's probably not that many surprises or or hopefully there's not any and you can sort of get that training. So it's scheduling it. But little things like, you know, I'll put my sort of workout shoes out. I'll put my, you know, shorts out. I'll put the socks out. So like, like if you look at sort of behavior change, you know, once you put like one of the things they do is like the hardest thing to do is put the shoes on to go for a run. And you only need to put the shoes on, but like you're, you're going to go for a run if you have those shoes on. So it's like, how do you do those little things that are going to set you up for success? Um, and I also think it's modulating training. So it's not to say like, I don't miss training, but it's not to say I don't change my training based on what's going on. If there's an injury or if there's, I got sick or whatever it is, like I'll change it, but I'm still going to get training in that day. Cause it's still important to me. Um, and I think that tracks, there's little things too. Like I'll use different programs and you know, they have like, um, They'll go on sort of runs and like streaks and like those little things, you know, they help. Like it's you, you sort of select it, you're going, you're on a streak, you don't want to break it. Um, you mentioned the kids, you know, I'll, they'll be down here with me. I'll use them as sort of apparatuses if, if, <laughs> if need be, uh, you know, so they can fun and, and see it and, and, and see the culture and, and do those parts. Like whether it's bands or anything else, they love, they love doing it with me. So I do, I do really like, I'm going to highlight setting up like i've been doing it lately too um because basically my ticket to bed besides all the things we need to do now at 41 rogaine on the top of my crown <laughs> i got a floss i use the water pick you know um every year like the, the 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 night routine just gets longer as you get older but um i make <laughs> sure that um all the dishes are done so I don't have to do it when I wake up in the morning and then it, the, the coffee thing's all cleaned out. So all I got to do is turn on the coffee uh, and then my sauna set up, my towels are ready. So again, like instead of having like 20 things to do to start the day that overwhelm you, especially if you had a bad night's sleep, you can just ease in to the routine that just sets you for the rest of the day. So setting out the workout clothes, um, you know, basically maybe having uh, the items you need to make your morning shake just ready to go. Uh, obviously still refrigerated if needed, but like, these are the small things that seem stupid to, to, to mention, but uh, in terms of how the brain works, 
just seeing these things, right? Like the reason I, I'm on the bar all the time, I see this pull-up bar coming into the office, out of the office. I can see it any room I'm in in this house. And it's just a reminder, okay, get on the bar. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, you mentioned that too in like a pre-workout, not saying everyone needs a pre-workout, but like if I know I have a really hard workout coming out, I'm gonna make that pre-workout that night. I'm gonna put it in the fridge and I'm gonna drink it. Once you start drinking that, like game on. So um, anyways, I, I yeah, I think in, in the dishes, it goes back to I actually do all the dishes in the house, but I make sure that that is all done that night before. So I'm not even sort of debating doing that in the morning. So Exactly, and then you start doing that and you get in a bad mood and it's like, no, I gotta do this. So again, you want to you you want to you want to front load your efforts. I think that's the key to productivity the earlier in the day. But I also think you want to backload uh, as as much of like the busy like nuisance stuff so that in the morning you don't have to deal with it. And you're much likely more likely to stay on schedule. Um, there was another piece uh, there that I wanted to unpack. Again, I keep this always happens at this time in the podcast because I do these in the afternoon sometimes. And again, I'm 41 now, so I just forget. What was it? It was really it was a really important point to what you said about the habit side of it. <clears throat> okay, I'll, maybe I'll remember, but let's get to rugby. Okay. This like you think football's tough. You got you you guys wear little padded, like padded headgear, but like this is man on man. Yeah, it's uh hey, I love the sport. Uh the physicality and contact, I love it. So there's two different types of rugby uh that I play. Both is seven, so that's seven on seven, really fast, a lot of scoring. There's 15s, which is 15 on 15, 40 minute halves. Um, so I play something in both sets. It's more like a back. So think of like a running back in, in football. Um, but I love it. And the reason going back to like we talked about high school football is that I get to run the ball, but I also get to be a linebacker. So I get to be like a running back and linebacker throughout the whole 80 minutes or throughout the 14 minutes of that. And so I've I fell in love with the sport since playing football. So like Yale senior spring, I played rugby there after football ended. And I played ever since. And the last cup, last three years, it's been fun because I've played on the U.S. team over 33. So I've gone to Bermuda to play teams like uh, the British Lions, Argentina, France, Italy. So it's been a blast to be able to uh, wear the country's colors and and, and play for the team um, out there. So I, I I can't say enough. I at some point I'm sure it's going to end, but um, this one I think like six weeks ago. It was probably an interesting sort of story because I, I cut, I had eight stitches here, like near my eye. And uh, before I got this stitched up, because it was like taped up and I, I still played in the game, I went to my eldest son's soccer game because I didn't want to miss the end of a soccer game. And I show up with like blood all down my face. And I think my wife was wondering what was going on. The parents were a little bit concerned, but I saw him finish the game. Then I went to the ER and, and was able to get stitched up. And hopefully now you can't even notice. Well, by the way, uh, I remember what I wanted to say, which was I've never not worked out after taking pre-workout. It, like it, it, that's the, that's the biggest advantage of pre-workout is if you take it, you will you will exercise. No, no one right. sits on pre-workout. Just be right. careful how late in the day you take it. But uh, talk to me about like what does your rugby training look like? I, I know you still do the big lifts, the bench, the squat. Um, yeah. You do a lot of body weight stuff too. But like, what yeah. what, what is it? Um, what does it look like kind of in season versus off season for you in terms of how you're training to 
actually excel on the rugby field? Yeah, I mean, I, my lifting will probably be pretty consistent. Like it's the big core lifts you're talking about as well as auxiliaries and, you know, things, a lot of things that you do um, that I follow as well. But I think the thing that I need to add when I'm closer to season versus not is you can't just go from zero to sprint. So to me, what I need to do is I need to get out there on like turf or grass field and just sprint. And that's one of the hardest things to do by yourself, I think, is is sprint and also not even sprint. It's not even that hard, but like the conditioning. So what I'll do is I'll add things like a Bronco. So a Bronco is it's actually going 60 meters back, 40 meters back, 20 meters back and doing that five times in a row. So like, let's say that takes me, you know, five some minutes, but that's a five. Think about it. It's like three different 300s you're doing. Um, you're not stopping as much, but I'll also do the 300s. If you remember, we did those in high school just to make sure that I have some conditioning and I have some sprinting. And to me, I need a game or I need something, a tournament to be able to get in the right mindset to get out there to do that. Um, but I've been success successful, like building up the conditioning um, by, by doing that. So it, I only do it like a couple times a week, um, but that, and I also do like band assisted things in there as well. Um, remember Dave, you know, the, the band man, we can't forget him, but if you think of like the Hills or I'll bring a brother out to sort of make sure that I have some resistance as well. So that that's really what I add. And the other, I mean, by the way, the workout you just described, like that five minutes, that's a day. Uh, you, you can call it quits after. I mean, the, the exhaustion, both anaerobically and aerobically, you get from something like that. I mean, the worst, some of the worst memories of my life were the 300 yard shuttle. And it's not the first one, it's the second one. You got to come back for in a couple minutes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a sport where uh, you're doing a lot of sprinting especially like the the sevens, right? Where it's a, it's shorter, but like you literally are almost sprinting the whole. So it probably changes. You'd probably do more aerobic stuff for the 15s versus the sevens, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it depends what <laughs> the position in the 15s, but sevens is like, it's anaerobic, but it's also aerobic in a sense because you also got to recover. But like, I've never been more tired in my life than we've had. There's a like championship games. So instead of sevens, I'll pay 10 minute halves. And so they will be like, they no longer do it because too many people got injured in the last three minutes. But like the amount you're sprinting, because it's the same size field and you're just sprinting and tackling. So think of like wrestling and sprinting being combined for a sport. It's just exhausting. And I've, I've seen, I've seen you play on the lakefront of Milwaukee, man. And just like big dudes, like some of the best legs in the game, rugby players, man, they obviously take their leg training very seriously. And you have to. That's here's part of the thing too is, you know, I, I shit on a lot of uh, barbell stuff because I know the average person who isn't you. By the way, you're different. You've got. Uh, I mean, you've been rarely injured. Like my, my joints, frankly, can't, can't hold up to uh, that style of training. Uh, that's been my experience, right? This is what like there, there's there's you try things and you see what works best for you. And for me, um, you know, the barbell stuff. Uh, did more bad than good for my body, but you've got a different body. You obviously have uh, like much stronger knees. Like you've always had that crazy VMO muscle. Like, by the way, guys listening, like the VMO is maybe one of the most important muscles on the human body. People that have a big VMO, they rarely have knee issues. And people that have small ones, they almost always have knee issues. It matters. It really, it's all about the, the patella and the tracking of the patella and the kneecap. But um, your whole the whole all the palings, you guys are just big, sturdy dudes. Um, and, and like you haven't had many injuries at all, have you? I mean, knock on wood, I haven't. I mean, I, I broke my back in college. Um, I was misdiagnosed, 
and uh, I didn't miss a practice. Um, but you know, like, and I've had a lot of stitches and cuts and things like that, but those are the ones I want because like your body heals those and your, your, I've learned your face is a, is a fast heal, healer, um, in terms of other things. So I've been lucky. I've, I've also like adapted, like, so like little things like, uh, those squat wedges you talk about, or, you know, I'll even, I squatted this morning, but I used, um, my, uh, sort of like weight, weight lifting shoes that have a little bit of a heel. So think of like an, a built-in squat wedge. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't use that, I probably would feel it on my knees and I probably wouldn't get, get the right, uh, thing. But I also like, unlike in high school, I've listened to my body. I've made those adjustments. I also send, like, I know some really well-known strength coaches at Wisconsin or, uh, like former one at Florida state or others. And I'll send them videos of like what I'm doing to make sure I have the right form. Cause in the end, that's, what's going to make a difference in the long term, especially as you do this over and over again. So I've been, I, I always, it will be a bonehead, but maybe not as much as I, I was in high school and I've, I've learned to adapt a little bit. So. Well, you're, what you're a big dude. What do you smoke? 220, 225? Uh, probably 229. Oh, I see. You're on the higher side now. <laughs> wow. Uncle Bate. I mean, that, that you'll, you'll be tougher to play in the post the next pick a basketball game. Um, but six oh, two, you're, yeah. you're a big, big dude. Six two two twenty nine. 229. I'm just laughing because, uh, I have this like new scale. It's a smart scale. Does like body fat and all everything else, but like I had my brother Tyler weigh on it. He's six four, but like it now I, I used to be I was like two thirty one and then he's like two twenty nine, but now I'm two twenty nine. So the scale actually recognizes me as Tyler, and then he's all pissed because like he's saying I'm him and he thinks I'm messing up the metrics. But anyways, um we're we're all around the same weight. So like we're my brother Bo's getting married this June, and like he's I don't know, he's on this whole thing to get diced for the wedding which i i don't know like if that's cool or not but probably is but uh we all want to be the same weight um at the wedding we all want to be like 225 but then like we're worried like like my sister like how she's going to get there so <laughs> i mean there, she'll find a way if she wants to i mean they, may, yeah yeah i won't yeah what i was going to ask you is uh i'm, I'm forgetting again unbelievable <laughs> is this guy a professional uh i'll keep it moving but um oh, I, I, that's what i wanted to say too like um what is what's the brand of the smart scale i'm just curious because i was thinking about getting one last year around this time as maybe an accountability piece for me especially if it had a good like stable body fat percent but i i just didn't know it's, of any brands yeah i mean yeah, i can send you it's withings um so withings is like a french company i was at cs last year so the consumer electronics show um i saw it there i thought it was pretty good so what it does is it has a handle and so it's bioimpedance is the way it's doing it's actually doing segmented body fat i actually haven't found it to be that accurate and interesting i i got it as sort of an accountability thing too um i think the scale is really accurate how accurate sort of the, the bioimpedance is I, i'm not convinced um, it's also pretty expensive, but like I've, if you think of bioimpedance versus like a bod pod or a DEXA or, um, you know, even CalPERS, it's, it's not, it's the, like the least accurate, but, um, I've seen it change like body fat, depending on who's weighing in between like somewhere like 12%, some uh, as high as like 30. So it's it just, it just, I think it depends on a lot. Um, so net of it is, I think it's okay. And by the way, like people listening to. When you're Drew's size, when you're my size, bodyweight exercise, I mean, you're basically like you're throwing around 
uh, 245s on each side with a barbell, essentially, you know? Um, so, you know, you don't really need much more than if you're a big guy, a body, your body weight to build muscle and strength. Now, obviously adding weights on top of that, that's the gold standard. It always has been. I, no matter what I've said, nothing, nothing gets you faster results than heavy weight training. I saw with my body. The thing is, if you're not willing to do the stuff before and after the workout and you're not willing to put your ego to the side, there's also bigger risk. It's higher stakes, bigger return, possible more risk. Um, but if you are a smaller individual and you're light, you know, that's when I'm not saying body weight, I think is always the foundation. That's when I think uh, weight training probably makes more sense for you, especially if you're a hard gainer and or you want to, uh, you know, really put on some size. You know, I think I would say really quick, though, you talk about injuries is the other thing I figured out is I have a really good PT, like physiotherapist in the city who is uh, I call him a savant. So like he's able to look at your body and say, OK, like, you know, if I if I came in with my. Uh, so basically, like it was like my elbow, like ulnar, like this area right here um, was like sore. And I was like, all right, can you check this out? And he's like, he released it in my neck like. So those that can understand your body really well, and I had Achilles issues, but the Achilles issues was because I had sort of tight hip flexors. So anyways, like if you can find the right like physical therapist, that also can save you a ton of injuries because they can like I don't want to go to someone who can show me how to stop the pain. I want to know how to stop the pain from ever happening. Um, so that that to me has also been really, really helpful for me. Which so, you kind of you kind of do to yourself. You know your body well enough. But but to that point too, like if you're not willing to film yourself doing key exercises that are part of your program, then you have to have someone else take a look at you. Because again, like I I, I over the pandemic, I started doing some you know FaceTimes and distance coaching and stuff like that. And I had people that swore they were doing like for the get up, right? People think their arms overhead, and they send me a video, and it's like this. It's supposed to be right here, but it's right here. Um, so you don't realize like the importance of having a professional eye on what you do. Now, um, if you can't afford it, film yourself. Okay. And then you, you'll see like what you want to look for when you film yourself, you want to see beautiful angles. You want to see 90 degree angles in your body. You know what I mean? You, you, it, it's, it should look pretty. If it doesn't look pretty, it's probably not right. Um, but again, that, that's part of the thing is I film myself, I film myself constantly for the work I do, but I've always seen things I can fix 10, 20 years later. Now I do things perfectly and there's still some things I'm working on, but for injuries and stuff like that. But had I not done that, um, I would definitely need a professional eye on my body. Cause you know, there's just no way you can do it by yourself. Let's close it out with the iron neck. Both by the way, none of us, we're not affiliated. We get no money for this, but you know, it's interesting because I'll do my version of it with a band. I actually did, you know what's crazy? I did a video of this um, where I was just basically doing like neck planks where you attach it and I have it anchored to the door here through a band utility strap. And because, um, you know, boxing and MMA have like exploded uh, recently. Like, um, and again, in combat, it's very important to have any combat sport, football, rugby, uh, you know, MMA, wrestling, you know, look at this guy, he's pumping up his neck. Your neck is thicker than mine. I have to say, I, I got to Maybe I got to do some more neck work. You got to hook me up with iron neck. T talk to me about this. Cause again, like don't discount this as just a neck. You know, no, no one, by the way, no one's come to me and like, Hey BJ, can you grow my neck? That, I've never gotten that email. 
uh, except from you. But the thing is, when you attach a band to your head, you're now doing like some extreme core training. You're taking that lever, like if you're using a cable machine and you're at shoulder level versus head level, totally different stimulus, much harder on the spine to stabilize. So look at that. It's so it's omnidirectional, right? It just swivels. Yeah, it swivels. So tell me, tell me what's your routine? What are you doing with, with this device? Well, I mean, I like it. So I, I, I think I, I mentioned this before. I met the founder, and it's all about like concussion. Um, you know, reducing like the ability because like your neck. And I actually got it because with rugby, you're in like a lot of these scrums. So your neck is in there and I got a really sore neck and I'm like, I actually went to a chiropractor. I had to get a bad experience with a chiropractor. So I was like, I don't want to do this again. So I got the iron neck to see if I could um, not run into that. And it's been awesome. Um, I mean, the downside is my wife hates the larger neck, but there is a larger neck. She ha April has mentioned to me that um, my neck was much smaller in college, even when I was playing college football um, and when I met her. But then, and I've like, it's one of those things that like, you know, for those who know, it's not like when you get bigger or when your body changes, it's not the women that notice, it's always the men. But when I, I got to say, like when I go up into a room and when someone says like, you got big traps or has your neck grown? I mean, there's, there's not a better compliment. Um, so to me, I, you know, I think that that is one of the things that, that it's done, but it's not the compliments. It's actually how I've felt um, in terms of, you know, in rugby, I haven't had a sore neck. And I think I've been able to have been in some contact situations that have could have been more dangerous without it. So anyways, I'm, I'm a big fan. What I was just like, I actually put two, I have 40 pounds of resistance that I've been working against there. Um, and you can oscillate it. You can do different um, exercises. It's one of the things that, um, you know, I posted about on Instagram with, um, some music seems to be a fan favorite. Um, people always ask, what is it? And they have questions. Um, but I've come to believe that sometimes the more ridiculous an exercise is, the better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the more people hate it, the better it probably is. Um, and people hate neck things. And, you know, look, there, there's two areas of the body that if they're compromised, your life is miserable. It's your lumbar spine, lower back, and your cervical spine, your neck. So people people understand the importance of, you know, planks for, you know, planks, bridges, you know, rotational core work uh, to stabilize the lower back. But, man, like, we're all we're, we're like this all day. Yeah. And so when you think about the neck, I did a video with uh, Tony Jeffries. He's the leading boxing educator on YouTube. He has millions of subscribers. Just hit two million. And uh, he asked me to make a video for neck training for boxers. And the thing is, I couldn't use the iron neck. So what I what I recommended was starting point is just classic, you know, manual resistance yeah. isometrics. So what, what can you do with your neck? You can flex, you can extend, you can laterally flex, you can rotate, right? So you start by basically applying with your hands manual resistance. You can also wrap a towel and do it that way too. In, in high school, we had the four-way neck, which was the worst. Dude, what... It was so unsanitary. All these sweaty, disgusting, pimpled teenagers putting their face, and we'd be like going fast, high rep speed. Because you see a lot of boxers like laying off the edge of a ring and doing fast things. Again, this is your neck, people. Everything starts first with stabilization. So all you got to do is you can get the iron neck, or you can take the, a band, 
and wrap it around your head with a hat. It's more comfortable that way. Or just put a towel between the band and your head and just do standing planks facing sideways, facing away, facing forward. And you get a complete four-way isometric net workout. Um, now, you could look at adding movement to it, but the thing is, that's when you want to probably get the iron neck. Uh, and again, I would go more band resistance than with weight because dead weight on the neck, I just think that's too risky for the average person. You know, bands are just so much more joint friendly. But again, like, you, it'll look stupid. It's It does make for a great thumbnail, by the way. The thumbnail for this video is going to be you and that device because you look, you look like you need some help. It's going to get people to click. I know that. But um, the, the reality is, like, just by doing it, you're going to get an intense abdominal workout because again, the, it's a lengthened lever. It's like, think about how much harder a plank would be for you if you were seven feet versus six feet. I'm not saying that's, that's the distance, uh, but a longer lever, greater stabilization requirements. So it's definitely something to check out. It's on my wish list and maybe, maybe you can hook me up with the, uh, the inventor. I'll get him on the show. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, I, I really enjoy it as much as, um, April saw it the day it came in and hated it, but I've, I've loved it ever since. So, and here's the reality too. Like you, you can't wear dress clothes, but you don't. So it doesn't matter, uh, exactly. but you, you can't do any button ups. No, no, I, I can't. That's, that's been actually one of the biggest benefits of it. So you do, you legit have a pinhead. Like the neck is outside of the ears or it's close. This, this is the dream when we were young, you've achieved it. Uh, I think. I think it actually, like, I don't do a lot of trap work, but I think people think my traps are bigger because my neck is bigger. Well, and then you used to go with that big high collar to you. I mean, it, it's intimidating when you do, we get that, what was it called? The cowboy? Uh, uh, cowboy collar. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy collar. And then, yeah. So uh, here, let, let's close us out with um, the most embarrassing thing that's safe for the audience about me that you can share. I'll give you one. Me. I'm going. Yeah, you, I'll let you. Sh you're the guest in the show. The most you've known me for about as long as anyone in this world. Uh, feel free to share the most embarrassing thing you know about me that they probably don't. I mean, I don't know that this is that embarrassing because you've like you've literally told the story. But the fact that like you did the the bodybuilding and uh, I think like I know you just you ate like five different meals like post the competition. But the fact that you were able to eat that whole cake. I still like think about that cake that you ate. Okay, so you're you're talking about the 35 pounds I gained in five days. Yeah, but but didn't you eat a chocolate cake within that? No, I ate I ate a whole uh, custard cake from Culver's. Yeah, I also ate a whole carrot cake from Cheesecake Factory, dude. I went on. This was one of the this. I would go on record saying in the history of man, this is an all time binge. For 16 weeks, I just had protein, uh, maybe some olive oil, and then just green vegetables. And I got, at the time, it was the best shape of my life. Wore a Speedo on stage. That was that was probably the most embarrassing thing. But um, but then I, I, I was so depleted and deprived. And uh, the next five days, bro, like I, I literally went from the best shape of my life to being in worse shape than before I started the 16-week cut. Um, abs were gone, but I will say like the next day, my arms were, my arms were fucking huge from all the, the, the sugar, um, in the water. But, um, that is embarrassing. I thought, honestly, I thought you were going to go to the, when your sister beat me at arm wrestling at a birthday party. Uh, no, I could have, but yeah. But to, to my credit, 
his sister has always been one of the strongest people you'll ever meet. Yeah, she gave me a lot of trouble growing up, but she's uh, she's an athlete for sure. So uh, I know I know you're on various socials, but you don't have to share that. Um, any any closing? Well, first of all, uh, you got to check out the Gatorade product line. Uh, some awesome advancements in the last several years. Any uh, <laughs> anything uh, you want to leave us with? Closing thoughts, stuff to look out for. Um, you know, whether it's a Gatorade or just what you've got going on yourself. No, I mean the only thing I would say is. Uh, you guys, I mean, you're listening to BJ here. He's he's a real one. He's uh he's a guy I look up to. Um, I'm I'm very knowledgeable in fitness, but you couldn't be with a better person than than what he he's doing and what his mission is. So that's all I got to say. I appreciate that, man. This was a pleasure to have you on. I got at some point I got to get like we got to get all the brothers on. I don't know if we can fit all of you in one screen. There's so much mass. Uh, but this was a pleasure just to get you to talk again. This is one of the most commonly. Uh, common questions we get about supplementation, um, stuff around the workouts. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. But again, um, when I think of Drew, I just think about, you know, again, he will go through a wall. But this is the type of guy that you, like, this is the guy you want to play with. You want to be in the trenches with, whether it be, uh, that's what's so funny now, because now you're in a corporate setting. But hmm. the thing is, an athlete is an athlete no matter where, where they are. They bring that same mentality uh, they rise to the occasion. They're red light performers. Um, and, dude, it's been a pleasure to see you build such a great career. Uh, still, though, doing what you love. Like, this is really like, you know, sure, there's things you probably don't want to do at your job. There's things I don't want to do at my job. I got to go edit this video for a couple hours when we're done. But I had an awesome time talking to a friend about fitness and getting older. So, you know, pros and cons to all of it. But at the end of the day, if you have a passion for it, uh, it really helps you stay the course. Yep, well said. All right, guys. Thank you so much to Drew. Uh, look, we just gave you 90 minutes of our time. So can you give us one second and click a five-star? And if you give us 10 seconds and say five-star BJ podcast, good. I'm asking for three words. Just put three words. I don't need I don't need you to tell me, you know, which episodes you like or how great the podcast is. I already know that. Just say BJ podcast, good. It helps us get out there. Uh, to more good people like you. And we appreciate you listening. Lots of great episodes coming through. And uh, be sure to check out the Gatorade products. There was a couple of things I didn't even know about that is out. Um, and I cannot wait for the Gatorade Freestyle Fountain Machine, bro. Like this, this would be like, I'll get one from my house. Oh, that sweet chantilly. Corner piece, corner piece.